2019 at long last two young well-meaning idealistic men were just doing a little fun podcast that they didn't know was going to destroy their social lives at least <laughs> one breakup since then <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh you beat me to the punch <laughs> relationships Such... have been torn asunder <laughs> No one can say I'm not committed to this. Futures that were once so thoroughly... At least someone's committed to something! Well, at least Simon Gado will know where you're coming from by the end of this. (laughs) Uh, Jobs have changed. Locations have changed. Um, Social lives have uh, reordered. And we even went to a WWE show. It was fine. It wasn't a five-star show. But it we was are... five hours. Fucking hell, yeah. Star for every hour. <laughs> oh. We'll save that for our best of 2019 episode. Or 2019 in review, because I can't really say a best of. But if you're going to talk about the best of matches, you'd assume one of these 21 matches that Dave Meltzer gave five stars at time of recording for the year 2019 will be in them. And will it be a match with these two? Well, they've got great pedigree for it. Simon, what are we covering? My co-host Simon Cross, by the way. Uh, let me tell you something. What are we covering with this, our 122nd five-star match? So, like the So Solid crew, we've got one five-star match for every second they have left to go. Mm. And our first one, after I use that very tortured reference, is at Wrestle Kingdom. And it's, as I say, a match that our five-star Odyssey has seen the building of throughout the G1 in 2018, where Hiroshi Tanahashi won, um, through to where he defended it against Kazuchika Okada to make sure he still deserved the opportunity to be in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. He overcame that obstacle. He's here. He's challenging for the IWGP title, and he's taking on Kenny Omega. So Hiroshi Tanahashi is taking on his 13th five-star match. Uh, in 2018, he managed a grand total of five five-star matches under the auspices of uh, Dave Meltzer, under the eyes of Dave Meltzer. Kenny Omega is having his 12th five-star match, and it is also uh, his... And in 2018, he managed to get six five-star matches. But you know what's interesting, Sai? Go on. This is the only five-star match both men are involved in in the year 2019. We do not have any more Tanahashi or Omega Cut matches to discuss at time of recording after this one. And much in keeping sort of the story of the match, if you'd shared that fact with Kenny Omega prior to the match, he may very well have V-triggered you into like the Shadow Realm. <laughs> because they present this in a very old school versus new school way. Mm. Uh, and... They hate each other. Yes, this is a very much... This is What's interesting is it's these two... Again, whilst the Okada Omega Wrestle Kingdom match of two years previously had been a, a match for the representation of New Japan, 
uh, this seems like it's a deeper thing. It's not just a... Uh, it seems like Okada's pretty much in tune with Omega's style of wrestling. They complement each other so well. Whereas with this one, it does feel like two different philosophies going against each other. And it feels like Omega... It's, it's a very, very different match to Omega's matches against Okada. It's a lot more grounded. It's a lot less spectacular. It's a lot more vicious. Um, it's, a, it's at a slower pace, and it's not as reckless either. Although there are mm. moments of recklessness in it. Yeah. There's one very particular moment of recklessness, which we'll get on to yeah. uh, later I on. I also say very quickly... You know what my big problem with So Solid Crew's 21 seconds was? <laughs> Go on. They have 21 seconds. That's the whole gimmick. Each rapper has 21 seconds. All they rap about in those 21 seconds is how they've only got 21 seconds to rap. <laughs> they don't bother with anything interesting. They don't have anything to say. It's just 21 seconds. That's how long I've got. 21 seconds beating the clock. I've got 21 seconds. That's 20 plus 1. 19 plus 2. 18 plus 3. 17 plus 1. You know, quick maths. Yeah, it's just like, well, you're gonna do anything with it? No. Oh, well done. You wouldn't last a minute on just a minute. <laughs> That's where real rap is. <laughs> Except for Romeo Dunn, who of course had to demand some more time in order to say his name and and give a mathematical equation for twenty one. <laughs> So, yeah, this is a long match, but it's not as long as any of Okada Omega, uh, Okada's, uh, any of Omega's matches with Okada except for the G1 Climax with the 30-minute time limit. This match is 35 minutes, which seems to be basically the standard running time of an IWGP Heavyweight Championship or New Japan Main Event match at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's not as action-packed. No, but... Nor does it need to be. But that is also prodded down to the physical limitations of Tanahashi compared to Okada. Something they play off of in storyline terms as well, because Okada, um, sorry, Omega, uh, spends a large portion of the match targeting his um, back, which is held together at this point by uh, tape and prayer. And Tanahashi's whole thing is about him taking out Omega's leg in order to slow him down, and it does at various points in the match. After he hit, goes for the knee, like when uh, Omega goes for you can't escape, he stumbles and stops at that point because his knee is hurt. Something he's done in the Okada matches. There's a great moment towards the end when he's climbing the ropes where he has to shift which leg he starts as like a, a stepping uh, point. Which foot he plants with, yeah. Yeah, which foot he plants. Um, so, like I said, I think it's actually Omega... Sh- I don't know if they genuinely do have ideological oppositions to each other outside of this match um they definitely played it up on social media and the like yeah i, I think i think they may well do but i think there might be a, a, re- but a real omega, respect omega does does wrestle a tanahashi pace a tanahashi style there's not you know he's not doing missile drop kicks all over the place he's he's hitting his v triggers and all that but he's not yeah. you know he's not doing loads and loads of crazy spots. The craziest spot is done by Tanahashi, which is so brilliantly set up. The whole, like, Omega brings out the table, and the, the, in the video package, it's all about you using the tables and everything. And, like, when he when he turned heel, Tanahashi was his first target, and they had a match in his first month in 
for the IWGP Intercontinental title. And then they were supposed to have a ladder match against each other. And the whole thing was that Omega was bringing, again, like the Bullet Club was always bringing in that American garbage interference, you know, like this parody of the the view of the Gaijin American wrestler for the most part. Which then Omega reinvented in his own way as he went along. But like, this is their first singles match as well. Since that time, it's been 35 months where they've really been in their own orbits they've never been in the same g1 blocks they've never been in the same tournaments to face each other in the new japan cup or anything like that um they've they've um, tanahashi's issues have been with okada and naito omega's issues have been with okada and naito (laughs) but they've never the twain have met in between then yeah which is a fascinating again like how long and you haven't even had the enemy of the enemy is my friend really no no tanahashi sort of goes on his own and um, Omega's had the Golden Lovers and the Elite. Mm. So that's what's so funny. Again, they haven't had any real in-ring matches until these tag team matches we started to have. So uh, for them to make it so personal so quickly is is interesting as well. Uh, but yeah, when, when Omega brings out the table, that is in mockery of, of Tanahashi's criticisms of him. Like, it's a shortcut. It's, you know, yeah. he's like almost like Tanahashi as Jim Cornette. Imagine Jim Cornette with Tanahashi's hair. Oh, God. Weird. And to be fair, Tanashi's talking in Japanese. We don't know what kind of racist shit he might be saying. Hang on, wave. Well, again, it is still leaning in on that, what has always been the bread and butter of Japanese wrestling when it started, the the native against the the defending the honor. standard, the honor against, against the, the evil in. foreigner. Again, I, well, it's funny, like we said, ever since Omega won the belt, he's essentially reverted back to his heelish tendencies. I think it's significant that his hair is exactly the same as it was for his first Okada match at Wrestle Kingdom. Gone is the blonde hair, the Super yeah. Saiyan? Is that what it is? Yeah, Super Saiyan. Saiyan, Saiyan, by um, far. And what is back now is the black and silver. of um, Even though he's not wearing mm. the Bullet Club regalia at this point... There's no, he comes that, in. Um... He seems to be more that bullet club, and they say in the commentary that he's not happy. Like the the title hasn't brought him everything he wanted, almost. Yeah, and he does seem to be very indulged with his entrance gear and his like yeah. little eight bit, which he's uh, entrance video. AEW as well. Yeah, Bless you're him. not a fan. Um, I liked the eight bit thing. I wish I'd seen that more of the video. I might go and seek it out and on its own. Yeah, um, I don't know what's in reference to. Um, it seems very Final Fantasy-esque because if you look at his costume and the way the sword is I mean I'm not I haven't played a lot of Final Fantasy games but I think I don't don't know if it's Cloud or someone like that because the cast changes in all the Final Fantasies it it would be appropriate because then they should have a clip of Jim Cornette yelling at him (laughs) hey play it (laughs) Uh, your mic's gone so I can't hear you uh, Simon knocked his microphone over in uh, admiration of my joke there. And I'm back in the room! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Okay, oh, it's, yeah, but it's, so I guess what they get across the intensity is just how often they revert to just slapping each other. Right at the start, they're just exchanging slaps. Like, the first hit of the match is... Tanahashi slapping Okada, Omega. The, the, and Omega the, the doing way, all these the nasty way. little kicks. Like, a couple of when... really vicious kicks to his back. And then really insulting, like, paint Mocking ones to the head. To his head, yeah. yeah. 
I love that bit. What I loved as well is after Tanahashi's very first slap, when Omega gets him in the collar and elbow tie-up and like rags him right towards the ropes and like he's doing that whole all clean break or might hit you kind of thing. The cockiness of his slap to Tanahashi and Tanahashi's affront affrontage. Yeah, yeah. Affrontage to it. And how he just basically tries to batter the ever-living piss guess, out of Yeah, it's reminiscent okay. of Kazuchika Okada, but it seems like he doesn't have the respect for Omega that he does for Okada. Yeah. No, he doesn't. Mm. And it's it's mutual. I'm really starting to think Tanahashi's a racist at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think he's a racist. I just think he's a curmudgeon. <laughs> Everyone uh, better in my day. I thought... But like I said, one of the great things about New Japan is so much of it is about historical importance. And like when Omega early on goes for the one-winged angel, when Tanashi escapes it, he turns it into the abdominal stretch slash Cobra twist, which was one of the trademark moves of Antonio Inoki. Yes, there is a lot of um, musketeer um, homage. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's channeling the, the powers of uh, Inoki of Fujinami of Kijimuto, which Omega then mocks by doing a version of Kijimuto's trademark flash elbow drop. Yeah, it's like I love you know just so much depth to these things, so much historical significance. And Tanahashi sneaks in a Styles Clash as well. Yeah, yeah. So like using one of his own Bullet Club members' moves against him. Um, yeah, uh, it's just like like so like you say they do great. Just the the slaps and the the anger at each other and the yelling at each other and then like you say bringing in the table, laying out after body slamming Tanahashi onto the Japanese announced table, flipping onto him, doing a little pose with one of the announcers, Milan Collection <laughs> AT. Like he's really, really. It's funny I didn't realize kind of until rewatching all this stuff how much Omega went back to being a heel after he'd had that great victory. Well. Against Okada. I think he just seems annoyed that he... I think he just thought he would be treated like the company boy he thought Okada had become. And definitely his mouthpiece, Don Well, Callis. yeah, they were saying as well, like, yeah. he didn't get uh, the, the Tokyo Sports MVP of the year. That went to Tanahashi. Tanahashi. <laughs> Which must have annoyed him no end. Mm. It's it, it, He thought he would be treated the same, and he hasn't been. And that's what, like, burns him. That's what, like, annoys him. Also, one thing we've not really talked about is Tanahashi's relationship with Kota Ibushi. Because uh, obviously, you don't. Well, Ibushi's be... been taken out by Osprey in the opening match, so he's not in there. The... He's not there, no. But you've so got to think about. Maybe that's another reason why Omega's angry because his partner's not there. As as well as Tanahashi's comments about Ibushi prior to the G1 Climax final. It's not just that he has this generational problem with Omega. He's also slagged off Omega's best friend as well. Mm. Although in a different and, way, again, he sees more potential in Ibushi. Maybe he sees... that Because he's Japanese, the big racist. Back. Bloody hell, man. We're uncovering so much in this. <laughs> Cancel Tanahashi! <laughs> Well, cancel one of his hairstyles. That'll take him down to, what, two or three? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we get... Um, I think what's also key as well in, in this whole thing is that, like I said, Omega is grounded more. He does do the Rise of the Terminator at one point. Yeah. And at the end, he does get to hit the big dragon suplex off the top. 
which we'll get to in a bit. The Rise of the Terminator is also one of the things that sort of slows him down. It's like it's undoing. It's like the compulsion need to do it and like fling himself quite so violently into Tanahashi, slams that leg into the, the entrance ramp and it slows him down. It's yeah. like, does he, does he feel obligated to do these things? Like, to like prove that these are the things that get him to the table that win him the matches. Therefore, well, he wants to prove that my style, for. my style, is better than than his style. You know, yeah, you have no match for my Wu Tang Clan, my Wu Tang abilities. You know, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so we're getting racist as well. So there we go. It's all <laughs> one big racist storm of controversy this episode. Um, but yeah, like, the the table being brought out and then oh, Tanahashi faking out putting him on the table to throw him back in the ring and then when they go back outside the ring the faking out of throwing him into the ring and then putting him on the table i find that really interesting it's a great moment it's like i can do this too it's like well if you're gonna be like that i'm gonna do this yeah yeah because i guess because omega is engaging him in in tanahashi style of wrestling for the most part in the ring so okada's kind of like okay omega's uh, tanahashi is like, okay, well then I'm going to do the same. And he goes up for his high fly flow and Mega moves. And what I will also say, so Mega's timing, we've always said about his physicality and all that, but his timing of escaping and reversing, like earlier on, he goes for the high fly flow on the inside and Omega puts his knees up at the last possible second you can put your knees up. Yeah. You know? I Usually thought... they do it after he launches, but he's doing it when like Tanahashi's in like parallel with the second rope or something. I thought when he went for the table spot, I was like adamant he was going to hit it. Mm. And I, I don't know if he did this on purpose and that this is me like going way too specific and granular uh, into this. But just before Tanahashi jumped on the on the table spot omega does that bracing thing with his arms where the, you know when they bring up their arms up in sort of that uh, oval thing like um a, as they're going to take the move kind yeah, of thing yeah they do sort of do like a, a, a half of a sit-up almost when they're about yeah. to hit sometimes yeah we used to do that a lot when rob van damme would do the five star frog splash but it's not a sit-up it's like that he's, he's pre-bracing like the move's going to happen on the t- in the table spot. On the table spot, yeah. Yeah, because we'll talk about it later on when we get to the finish as well, I suppose. Uh, but then o- Omega's got a big smile on his face and decides against the count-out win and throws Tanahashi into the ring when the count's going. Because the implication seems to be that if he'd have wanted to, he could have won that by count-out. Oh, like yeah. Tanahashi wasn't moving. And maybe that's, what, that's the um, embodiment of the hubris which will cost him. And also, you were saying earlier, like, Omega is interesting how the guy that's the junior heavyweight comes in and usually he's the guy with the power advantage. Like, he hits some really nasty, powerful powerbomb spots on <laughs> powerbombs on Tanahashi at this point. Proper stacks him up afterwards as well. Yeah. Um, so then we go into the, the sort of the standard finishing uh, period um, as well uh, of moves and reversals. V-Trigger's being caught by Sling Blades... Uh, uh, what have you? Um, they they do the 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 slap off again, reminiscent of the Tanahashi Ibushi one, and yeah. just like that one, Tanahashi has more of the fighting spirit and and out slaps Omega. So then Omega kind of does that classic heel cut off with the knee to the guts. Yeah, big match Hiroshi. Yeah, 
And then and then yeah. then he does a Hulk up really after Okada Omega does the German suplex he does a Hulk up so then Omega hits his own sling blade does the Tanahashi jump over the rope to get to the top rope and hits the high fly flow and what does Tanahashi do Simon <laughs> he uh do kicks out at one one yes that's it sorry yes and Lost another Hulk up but what's funny <laughs> is that that's like. So then Omega just immediately hits him with a V trigger, and so it's like, so that's funny. Like it's doing the Hulk up, but he's actually not suddenly invulnerable. It's just like, how dare you! I will not give you the satisfaction of even getting a two count, even though I really oh, my move. I really should have stayed down for at least a two count. Yeah, because oh my Christ, everything hurts. So Omega's still in control, um, but then finally, when he hits those standing knees again, where he just like, I think what it is is that he doesn't slap his knee. I think he slaps his kick pads. I think that's the secret. I think he's got loaded like heavy kick pads, and that's why it sounds so nasty. That's what I'm starting to realize. His knee pad and his kick pad are what Okada uh, Omega slaps more often than his thigh. I think that's my little theory now. Okay, I mean I have to watch out for that. I've not seen that, but mm. keep an eye out. So then again, Tanashi keeps going for the legs if he can, but um, and then and then um, okay, they do a, a callback to the two recent Okada, o, the, the the trilogy of Okada Tanahashi matches of this mm. year, where Tanahashi goes to run for a sling blade, but Omega this time instead of Okada grabs the trunks uh, and pulls him in, um, and then he's going for the one winged angel, and you think that could be the finish. And then we get Poison Rana, Rana, which actually was a much better and actually I think much safer version of it than you usually get, because it starts out in the electric chair and that gives Tanahashi the time to do a controlled rotation. Yeah. Whereas when you're doing it like the way that we see so many of them do and so often screw up, even in these great matches like Gargano Champa, they're doing the leap and immediately doing it, and so like they're trying to do their control rotation whilst the other one's having to prep their rotation as well and start leaping. Do you get where I'm coming from? I do, yeah. It's a lot more controlled and less dangerous this way. Yeah, they're not having to get up and down in the same length of time, just yeah. down. So, yeah. naturally, as a result, it, it is easier to do. Yeah, well, it's also like Tanahashi's in control of the momentum and the gravity more. Because yeah. he has the time to place it perfectly and then go for it. Mm. And we'll talk about gravity and its involve its possible beneficial involvement in a second. Um, but now after the old poison Rana, we have a nice uh, Tanahashi dragon suplex. Then he hits his uh, combo high fly flows. Just but this, just the but two in a row. Also, like I said again, the whole story of this half year has essentially been Tanahashi fighting against his own body essentially throughout this time period. And when he hits that high fly, uh, the 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 dragon suplex, he can't jump over the ropes the first time he tries yeah. to. Again, yeah. like, again, like part of it is what what is oh, Tanahashi playing it up, and what is Tanahashi literally can't do it. <laughs> but Where's the line Because he's so psychologically good when he was like in theoretically still in his physical peak when we started seeing him in the Suzuki matches. I think he knows exactly what he's doing with those things. Mm. So I think that yeah, was I, I, I deliberate could, yeah, that first that. failed jump over the top. Mm. But yeah, he got he goes um he goes a high fly flow crossbody, 
And then that time, it's like he's finally got a surge of energy. And it's like, again, they tease the finishes. They know what makes it look like this could be conceivably a finish. So it's by calling back previous finishes, like Tanah Omega catching the, the, the tights, you know, that set up a finish in the past. Tanahashi, like, gradually building up momentum with a series of high-fly flows and him being more able to leap over the ropes and everything. Yeah. You know, he's got you know more confidence, that. more belief, yeah. And then he hits the high fly flow, and Omega again just kicks out very, very last second. And then, like we say, how it was all about setting up whoever hits this big move in the corner is going to win the match, like with the Okada Tan Omega match in the um, two out of three falls. It was all about who's going to hit that big move. And obviously, it's calling back to the Dragon Superplex, which they do. But also, Tanahashi does the full rotation again. So that he doesn't take as big a bump as Okada. A broken face is far less of a problem than a broken neck. But do you think it was right of the commentators to bring that to our attention, or should they have just like played it off as you know he could have? Because they play they 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 do play it off as Omega cocked up by over rotating Tanahashi. Um, I, I think they just want to convey. I think it was just a, a spur of the moment decision to make uh, it obvious that Omega had expended a lot of energy trying to put Tanahashi away. Mm. I don't think there was any more. I don't think there was any like malicious intention or ever or anything like that. Mm. Um, I'm more. For, I'm personally more for seeing that. Like I, I would rather wrestlers land that way because. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy that he did it. I'm happy that Tanahashi did that. He has yeah. more. I don't want to say more sanity, but you know, he's he's done the safer way of doing. It. And obviously, Omega has to do what he does to help him do that as well. Yeah. Like, you'll have to release the arms to allow Tanahashi to to, to do the moonsault, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Whereas if he wants him to take a neck bump, he can force him to take that neck bump, which is yeah. essentially what happened with the Okada spot. Um, but then he does the V-trigger in the ropes. Again, like his final V-trigger before he does the one-winged angel, but then Tanahashi's able Moving to... Moving really slowly when he does it as well. Yeah, like, yeah. his run-up for that V-trigger is, like, very subdued well, compared to his... Well, knees are, you know, shots. Yeah. Uh, but what was that reversal meant to be? Was that a screwed-up spot? I... It was awkward. I wonder if it was meant to be some sort of sling blade. Yeah, I, oh yes. No, I think it was meant to be a sling blade. Um, but instead he kind of sort of did like a, a a leg drop to him, like a standing leg drop. Yeah. A reverse famouser or something like that. I'm not going to have too much of a go. In a way, it's it's more natural that sometimes, although I do say I love how they can reverse into one of their trademark moves, sometimes it just looking a bit ugly. Yeah. It, like how Omega's sudden no-hand, no-wing angel is quite an ugly spot, is that it's in the same moment of the match, essentially, it's the same turning point. So, again, maybe that's deliberate on their part to make it look a bit less. I don't know, I don't know. The it's fact that we're having... against it. Yeah, the it fact that we're thinking awkward. whether or not it's, like, intentional or not, it just shows how good storytellers they are. Yeah. So. Like, yes, I meant to do that. I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's right. Follows it up with the sling blade, and then he hits the high fly flow whilst Kenny Omega is starting to sit up as well, which I thought was very significant. Like, you know, he caught him essentially. Yeah. So if Kenny had a bit flat, maybe yeah. he would have picked out. It isn't like a wipeout. I think it's again. I think it's a sense that in this match, maybe Omega was the better man, but Tanahashi found the way to win, which yeah. has so often been the way Tanahashi matches of this stature have worked in the past few years. Well, really, that's what this whole six months has been. 
He overcame the physically superior, younger, more gifted uh, Ibushi. He was able to get past Jay White, who's had his number and has been, you know, cheating, you know, through his cheating methods. He was able to finally get one up on Okada, even if Okada's head wasn't in the right place, because he has that fighting spirit will that maybe Okada didn't have, and that's why it's Tanahashi that ultimately beats Omega and sends him packing. Yeah. Because this is our last Omega New Japan match. Uh, and at time of before. recording, yep. it's our last Omega match. Yep, and Tanahashi as well. Uh, three days after, three days before, we see AEW's logo for the first time, and Omega makes the decision to sign with the company. He hadn't. It's obvious that he must have either made that decision or thought that he could make that decision because you can tell through the way that it had been booked, Gato's intention had been for Omega to win this match. And then drop it to Okada at Madison Square Garden in the somewhere in an office in the Tokyo Dome. Gato has just thrown a massive binder marked Kenny Omega into 20, a bit twenty nineteen to twenty twenty four. Covered it in sake. And li- Japan- covered it in sake. Lit a match and is now playing time after time on repeat. Well, New Japan have always had this interesting thing where everyone resigns in January every year. That's all you yeah. get a one year contract. They've started to change that. I think Omega signed a two-year contract in 20 after the Wrestle Kingdom match that essentially made him the star that he is today. But why has this been the only Omega match that's been this way? I mean, Tanahashi, was it was unintentional. They intended for him to make to get there, but not quite. And then him to slide down the card, which he has done, essentially, at this point. Mm-hmm. And he is no longer going to be... I can't see Tanahashi getting any more IWGP heavyweight runs at this point. Maybe if needs must because of injuries or what have you, or one final nostalgic thing. So you think he's losing night one of the uh, at the Tokyo Dome this coming up then? Well, he's against Chris Jericho, so that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no! God, I've got him mixed up with Kurt Ibushi. That's why. No, I've got him mixed up with Night. these men. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. The uh, no, 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 no. I've just got my storylines blurred. Uh, I am actually no, really no, looking no, forward you... to his Jericho match. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be different again. It'll be someone working within the physical limitation. Both men are much more physically limited to what they were. I mean, yeah. they've got a combined age of what forty-eight plus forty-two, ninety. Oh no, Jericho's forty-nine now. Okay, ninety-one. Yeah. It was his birthday the other week. It was oh, his bir- yes, it was his birthday at Full Gear actually. Oh yes, of course. Anyway, um, Chris Charlton said Chekhov's gun. He's stealing material. <laughs> yes, from the oh, future. Yeah. I, I I love how you could tell what point I was um, yeah. at watching the match when I just simply sent you the words Chekhov's gun. I'm just saying, Chris Charlton. There's a little bit of Matt Striker in you. Not a lot. A, a controllable amount. Probably more Matt Stryker in you than there is in me. But, you know, just just be careful, mate. Just be careful. One point we haven't covered, which I would really like to, is how gnarly that second rope inverted dragon screw from Tanahashi. Yeah, he's done that a couple of times in the past. I think he did it to Suzuki in their match. Mm. It's really, it's one of those relatable pains, I think. Yeah, Again, a, a know, twisted knee. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know what that feels like. You, you understand the human body and you see i think you know if you've had a 
If you've had a football game... You've gone well, I understand the average human body. Yeah. I don't understand how Tanahashi's body is still operational. <laughs> it's funny, actually. I was looking at some clips from him this year, and it's clear that he's broken down and he's not working out as hard. Like, if you look at him... If you look at the physique he has around this time, compared to the physique he has eight months down the road when he's wrestling Tanahashi, there's less definition. Mm. There's less bulk. Um, he's still, obviously, you know, a kill for that. But it, it's it's interesting. I think... This is the last hurrah of Tanahashi as the the face of the company, essentially. Yeah. It wasn't even meant to be that way, but Tanahashi stepped up in the way that he needed to, and then, you know, he he dropped the belt the very next the like two month the very next defense against Jay White, and then it was a bit of title hot potato to get it to Okada, which is where it obviously always was intended to go. Yeah. But anyway, Simon, would you give this match five stars? Are we gonna start twenty nineteen as we mean to go on? We are indeed. I would give it five stars. I give it five stars too. Again, it's just for for both of what they did. Omega for being able to show his versatility, and Tanahashi just again, just I don't think, like I said, not since Bret Hart has someone made wrestling feel less insulting of my intelligence. Mm. That's why I'm looking forward to his Jericho match, especially because now in AEW I'm seeing a lot more creative juices. Well, yeah, Jericho. and this is while brawling like. Jericho channeling Bruiser Brody and Terry Funk. Yeah. Jericho. So how will Tanahashi work in that environment since this whole match is about how he disapproves of it in Kenny? There you go. Mm. And obviously it's a foreign invader. It's not like Jericho's previous. Well, Tanahashi does bloody hates them. Yeah. It's not like Jericho's match with Omega in New Japan though, is it? He Jericho now represents another new emerging brand. Well, they're not going to acknowledge AEW. They're not, but it's it's known, isn't it? It's 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 known, not it's implied knowledge. Yeah, well, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's funny because because of what was happening, like on this show, the Young Bucks lost, Cody lost, like very definitively, Cody lost to Juice Robinson in this show. Um, who I bet they must be worried they're going to poach him as well. Um, he will be a good addition to AEW actually, but you know. And I genuinely wasn't sure if Omega would go with them, but he did decide to do it, uh, leaving Ibushi behind. There's there's many loose ends that could still be tied up if Omega ever makes his return. Mm. It's going to be a big fucking deal. But if he's going to leave, it's not on the ideal terms they wanted. But it's, a, it's an interesting... If you view Omega as a villain in New Japan, this was yeah. a great way for him to go. Yeah, but if you look at Omega overall, it's probably not what they would have wanted to have it's, done. No, it's not the story they planned to tell, but they found a way to tell it on very short notice. Wrestling re- wrestling makes you have to be flexible, doesn't it, though? That's... More ways than one. Let's see those bridges. But anyway, if people want to get in touch with you, Simon, and show you pictures of their bridges, what can they do? Uh, people can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the number of famous bridges I can think of at the top of my head. Um, Golden Gate, uh, Brooklyn, and Jeff. My name's Lorcan Munnan, that's L-O-R. You didn't even think of his brother, Bo? Sorry. Or his dad, Lloyd? <laughs> anyway. My name's Lorcan Munnan, that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for au revoir, N for never say never. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterbox. If you want to get in touch with me by email, put at gmail.com at the end of Lorca Mullen. Uh, get in touch with the show, LMTYSpod, LMTYSpod at gmail.com is our email address. 
uh, what I previously gave you was our Twitter handle, and we also have a Facebook page. Is there anything else we have to add except for what we're doing next, Simon? Uh, there's nothing for, for me to add, so I will jump to something of a new type of thing we've covered, because we've not covered New Japan Cup, I believe, prior in our five-star matches. No. We've done, obviously, Best of Super Juniors, we've done G1, but we've not talked about this specific tournament. It is the New Japan Cup final between five-star mainstay, Kazuchika Okada, and five-star newcomer, Sonada. A debutante. We're mixing it up a little bit. Mm. The winner of this will face off against Jay White in the main event of Ring of Honor's Madison Square Garden show. So, the big deal. The stakes could not be any higher. But anyway, there's nothing left to say at this point, except my name's Lorca Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five and three-quarter star time. Until the next time. <laughs>